0: Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. Zach Weiss with you as always. Here to talk about your Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming off a win over the Portland Trailblazers last night in a 107-104 fashion. Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley posting double-doubles. Darius Garland doing the same. And a big shout-out to my favorite Cav ever, Matthew Della Vadova. Getting name-dropped on Cavs' social today. Evan Mobley's the first Cavalier rookie with back-to-back double-doubles since Delhi. He did it with points assists. Of course, Mobley doing it with points and rebounds. They looked very good. What I love most about last night's win, well, three forwards from the rotation were out. Okoro, Markin, and Love. It would appear all three will remain out through the weekend and not play against Toronto or New York, but they were out. Wendler stepped up. He scored 11 points in the second quarter alone. Jetty Osman sinking four threes. And Dean Wade provided some good minutes in the starting lineup. This is the kind of performance they needed. You know, they take down another team who was in the playoffs last year. All five of this year's wins have now been against teams that at least qualified for the play-in a season ago. We're five and four. Things are definitely looking up. And we look back at some history now. Lorenzen Wright, today in 1975, was born. We know his life was tragically taken too soon. He was murdered by the woman he was with at the time. And, you know, he was taken way too soon. A great man who had an impressive NBA career. We're lucky as Cavs fans. To have been able to have him on our team for a little while. Lorenzen Wright entered the league in 1996, the number 7 overall pick. He only played 17 games for the Cavs, but still, he rocked the number 55. He wore 42 for most of his career, but he entered the league wearing 55, and he exited the league wearing that same jersey number, and he's taken... His life ended when he was just 34, and today he would have been 46. So again, rest in peace, Lorenzen Wright. It's sick, you know, what, what happened. But it was fun to see him for a very short while during the 8 season in a Cavs uniform. Lorenzen Wright signed with the team September 5th of 08. And that would be his final season in the association. But that is today's history note. We're coming back in a little while. Today's guest is Carter Rodriguez of the Chase Down Podcast. Excited to have him. We will be back after a word from DraftKings. The NBA is back in the DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. The key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 free in bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and, oh, yeah, Washington. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook and authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER ladies and gentlemen welcome back this is across the Cavs. it is november 4th 2021 and as mentioned a moment ago proud to introduce today's guest this is carter rodriguez one half of the chase down podcast we've been trying to get together for a while so glad we could finally bring you on across the Cavs, man
1: yeah man it's it's an honor to be here this is obviously a great pod and you know, it's uh, it's one we've been kind of dancing around. I've just been uh, unfortunately my 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 day to day life is so busy. It's hard for me to do guest spots right now, uh, with with the day job and with with fatherhood. But I'm happy to be here, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and
1: I'm sure
0: Carter that the cows being five and four is music to your ears, just like it is to mine.
1: Oh, man. Well, you know, it's so funny because I I don't know how old you are, Zach, but, you know, as I as I've crossed into my 30s, I've said this on our pod too. my my high minded uh, thought process about the Cavs is really reducing to I just want to have fun with my favorite hobby, you know, and like as, as smart as tanking might be as smart as losing 60 games might be towards, you know, getting an Evan Mobley type prospect it's still not any fun to watch, man, you know, like, you? and, and like this has been so fun to watch. It's so exciting to, you know, be looking forward to a game two or three, four, or, you know, I guess with this Cavs for like seven nights a week. Uh, and, uh, and it's, and it's, it's just fun to kind of see this team be more than the sum of their parts. I think that's kind of been my, my kind of rallying cry is, you know, we've seen this team with elite talent be great. Uh, but we've really never seen this team and, you know, since LeBron got here the first time be more than what they what they should be, you know, probably since 2007 yep. or 2008. So and that was with LeBron James, which is a bit of a bit of a you know getting graded on a curve. So, you know, that that's kind of what I'm seeing with this team is, you know, I don't think anyone looks at the, the this collection of players, the way they're currently being deployed and goes, oh, man, that that team looks like it can go, you know, plus 500. Uh, against this schedule and here they are and it's it's just been really fun to see kind of them coalescing and and kind of knocking teams out of the rhythm by being weird and being wonky and just being more than what people think they should be.
0: Yeah, so to answer your first part, I am 26. I'm in my Kyle Corver year right now. So oh, there cool. we go. Not in my 30s, not in fatherhood, um but
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man, when you just when you don't have as much time to watch the games, as you get, you know, every year I have less time. It's like you get really grumpy when you're just wasting three hours, three nights a week on a team that's not competitive, you know. So it's been really fun to see this team and, and this runoff office try to try to be that, you know, they're not playing the long game. Like screw the long game at a certain point. I just want to I want to see good basketball.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. That's why, you know, if they do whatever they want, I prefer to see great efforts. That's why I've always been so anti-tanking and anti-benching guys late in seasons. But anyway, you know, I've really enjoyed this as well. And that's the reason that a lot of the time when the Cavs do something good nowadays, I like to compare it to the nineties because it's been 24 seasons without LeBron that they made the playoffs. It was the 97 98 year when they had four key rookies and Derek Anderson, big Z Trevor who I just had on on Tuesday, and Cedric Henderson. They were all prominent. They had Sean Kemp. You know, I believe Wesley Person uh, may have been there as well. But maybe this year it's way too early to say yes or no on that. But I've really enjoyed what I've seen. And I think the length has been so much fun to watch. And obviously, Dean Wade at small forwards is not something I want to see a ton of. But given the way that the three big lineup has worked this year, I'm totally fine with
1: starting like that. JB certainly has a belief system now, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: have to put a big and small
1: forward. That was not my, uh, that wouldn't have been my choice either. I don't think it panned out particularly well, but uh, damn it, if this guy isn't pretty sure, he's got an answer here with these big threes.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely, I I love it. Honestly, I hated it after the first two games and I've only had time to watch uh, five out of the nine games and I think they're four and one in the ones I've seen. So maybe I just pick good nights, but all in all, it's been good. So here's my first question on the current Cavs, Carter. We know we beat, they beat Portland last night. That was a great game. And I was also confident coming in. But my question for you, we've played nine games. We've played now without Kevin Love, without a core, without marketing, even won a game without Darius Garland. What's your favorite thing so far about the 2021-22 Cavs?
1: Um, I'm going to be boring and just say Evan Mobley. I mean, like, you know, I, there's always when you get those questions, you want to be interesting and I'm just going to be basic, you know, like this is the reason that like every time he's out there, I have someone to really watch. And like, it's not just like longing hope that he'll uh, eventually get good. Like he's good right now. And he is really in a lot of ways. I think the key to what this team's doing from an identity perspective, you know, his mobility is, uh, along with Jarretts are the reason they're being able to play these huge lineups that are bothering teams at the rim and causing chaos all over the floor. I mean, so you know, I think for for Evan it's just you know, the just the impact on defense is is insane. One of my favorite stats to to mention is that the the Pelicans were better with Anthony Davis on on the bench his rookie year than on the floor and Jason Smith was his backup um because you know, rookie bigs aren't good at defense i mean rookie ones aren't good at defense but certainly not rookie bigs and like even isaac who last year none of the metrics were that good but like we could all watch and go like oh man this guy's got all the tools it's like not only that all the metrics are also good for evan mobley um i saw some one of those uh wild you know acronym stats that i'll never understand how they work i think i think the new ones drip which is bananas um, and, uh, they, they had him listed as the ninth best defensive player in the league. And it's like, well, honestly, that feels pretty not wrong to me. Uh, just watching the games every night. It, it's so encouraging to see. And then on the offensive end, the, the feel, the ability to kind of pick it, pick out spots. The fact that the, uh, you know, anyone who goes and sees this guy warm up says the jumper is pure and he's still not hitting the head and the shots that like, if the jumper comes, it's just like, man, it's hard to imagine who's going to stop this guy. Yeah. Cause the the playmaking is there. The feel is there. I mean, he's running four or five pick and rolls. Zach. It's, it's crazy. um, At at his size uh, to be doing what he's doing. And he's a much more, um, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like he's a much more, uh, he's happy to dive in the pick and roll. In a way that, you know, like Anthony Davis is the comp on offense for him. You hear a lot. Chris Bosh is the other comp. Those guys are never hard rollers. You know, they, they weren't dudes who really cherish diving into a bunch of contact. And it feels like Evan does. I'm not saying that he and those guys have skills that Evan doesn't have yet. But, like, that matters to me when a big has an advantage and just just flies into all that contact, especially at his current frame. So... He's just, he just shouldn't be this good yet. And I don't think the most optimistic Cavs fans thought he'd be this good in this sort of way. You know, it's not even like he's that efficient right now. He's like 50% from the field. um, You know, not hitting any threes, but and it's not like his per game stats are insane. It's 13 and eight, but the impact is so far, far beyond. I mean, it's gotta be the best 13 and eight a rookies ever put up in NBA history.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt, and I call it—I'm gonna call it mobility instead of mobility. Just mobility. Oh, there mo- we go. Mobility. When I mean, I mean, you need something, something creative. You no, know, he's been so much fun to watch. He's, he's leading the league in contested shots by over thirty ahead of Giannis. I mean, I can't wait till we play the Bucs, and those two are uh, going at one another. <laughs> I
1: think Giannis is gonna put him in the
0: basket. Oh, no, he—he will, he will, but not <laughs> easily. It's gonna be the—it's gonna be the yeah, ugliest be poster work, dunk hopefully. of all time. Yeah. The ugliest poster of all time. It's gonna be like. Wow, Mobley probably should have blocked that, but he got dunked on. But anyway, yeah, he's done a lot of good things. There were a couple moves early last night where he uh, kind of got it about 15 feet out and was able to get to the paint against Covington. He was a very solid defender in the paint. I really liked the clutch jump shot he hit last night. I know his foot ended up being on the line, but that was a huge point in the game where they needed those two points. I think it was a one-point game before he made it. And Love that
1: he stepped into it confidently.
0: Yeah, and look, he, it's very different in any shots at warm-ups versus the game, and it's different hitting them in college to the NBA. A couple feet is a massive difference. He's probably, and if anything, he stepped in more and took a larger step in because maybe that's what he's comfortable with in college. But he's been great to see, and if I had to pick a favorite point so far, it might actually be Darius Garland's shot selection. I know he only took nine last night and he didn't need to shoot a ton. He, he was hitting the ones he was taking. I just really like the confidence in the three ball because we look at Dame and Steph and some of these other guys now, like they want the deep three, like they look for it. And I, I think for Curry, it's fine. Lillard's probably doing it too much, but for most other guys, it's not smart. I think Garland from 28, 29 feet is actually sensational. And I really like watching him hook up the deep ones. I think finally, this could be a slight advantage for the Cavs, where you have floor spacing. Now you have great screen setters. You can get Garland open that far. I think he's finally Carter comfortable shooting the ball from all the way out. And I think it's paid dividends during a lot of the wins.
1: Well, I hate to compliment my, my co-host Justin Rowan, but I'm, I must in this, in this case, because this year, you know, Darius is shooting. He's up to 38% after that, that crazy Portland game. But his efficiency numbers were not good as of like three games ago. Uh, like his field goal shoot percentage was way down. He was shooting like 33% from three and he still had, was like at 55% true shooting, which was like matching his his career high of la- from last year. And after like one good game against Portland, he's up to near 60% true shooting. Um, and, his, and he's not, still not shooting that well. So like I, I'm totally with you there. I think the shot profile is there. I still want to see the volume go up. Yep. Um, Both from three and in general. But um, it's just hard to complain, man, right now, especially with the team doing as well as they are. While, for the most part, up until last night, their jumpers weren't falling.
0: Yeah. 15 out of 30 from downtown is pretty, pretty good. Two more minutes. Yeah. It's a
1: welcome change. I'll tell you what. It's been been brutal.
0: And after the way Norman Powell came out in the first quarter, I thought he was going to go for 45, but thankfully, nothing even close to that ended up happening but we talked positive let's talk negative your least favorite thing about the Cavs in 2021-22 so far carter
1: oh man you're making me be a buzz kill we gotta be we gotta, uh, be bold. We gotta
0: the, the cup the cup starts full we take a big slig of water we need more but we're not ready to fill it up yet we still need the negative take the half empty
1: um i'm still disappointed isaac didn't just win the small forward job outright um i understand why mark and is there, um but you know I I want to see and then obviously the getting hurt is 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 a bummer for him. um And actually, you know what, I'm pivoting off this take in in, in midstream because he's been mm-hmm. hurt and I and I think he's actually played all right since when he's been on there. I'm actually going right back to Darius the turnovers, man. Gee whiz, I mean I think he there was a stretch we had 18 across three games. He's averaging four turnovers a game, which really cuts into those eight assists. Um, you know, I just, I feel like he's been really reckless with the ball a lot. And the Cavs have lost games this year when they've gotten avalanched by turnovers that turn into easy buckets on the other end. And I think Darius has been the culprit more than I'd like to see. Um, and like, you know, so much of what we thought it was going to take for this Cavs team to be a 500 team or better was Darius taking that leap. And I don't think he's taken that leap yet. I think the shot selection's better, but like, you know. 14.6 and eight eight assists it's it's fine it's fine but you know like the four turnovers are painful um the jumper is starting to come into form a little bit for him so I'm hoping that is tr- is trending back up but like you know I, I wanted to see a little more out of Darius so far this season and boy does it have the sexton conspiracy theorists just foaming at the mouth guys they're all on the same team but uh yeah if I had to pick one it's it's I guess it's Darius how about you man
0: yeah, honestly, I have nothing against Colin Sexton, and I, I really like what I see from him these last couple games. I do understand that assists are all about product of guys making shots. I know I'm sure you you and Justin have put out clips, a couple other cast folks, Braden, you know, Mac have put out other clips with just situational misses of these guys not hitting Sexton shots. But nevertheless, for our starting two guard that already gets criticized by the media that doesn't actually watch the team and just box score watches, his 1.9 assists a game, not a good look, as well as the fact that he's still averaging three turnovers while his assist numbers are down. And yes, we've lost a couple games with turnovers, and Rubio's averaging three turnovers too. He can't have three guys like that. I think they'll fix it. I just need more Colin assists.
1: Look. I, see, I, that, I don't even agree with this one, man. I think he's playing fine. I think if he was shooting better than 27% from three, the whole conversation's different with him right now. I think the jumper is busted for him right now. And it's and it's kind of affecting the conversation around him. Um, I, I the playmaking, I think, has been actually fine for the most part. There have been some tunnel vision plays, but he just doesn't have the ball that much anymore. You know, like
0: Rubio's taking some like, minutes from him too. Yeah, like
1: he was at four point. I mean, he's he's down five minutes a game, uh, and he went from four point four assists where he was like when he was on the floor last year, especially because Darius was beaten up uh, during some of these stretches. He was playing the primary point guard a lot. Like, I don't I don't feel like his playmaking's regressed at all. Um, I think his opportunities and his role has changed. But I like this role for Cohen. Like, when things are cooking for him right now, like, that, that Hornets game was kind of the perfect marriage of the two where he's a killer in transition as a backdoor cutter but also can, you know, get you a bailout bucket every now and again. And to be clear, I mean the first Hornets game where he scored, like, 30-plus, the one that Justin and I were at. Um, the, the home the home opener. And, uh, you know, I, that, that's kind of I think the best uh, version of him is kind of being that hybrid like play breaks down, he can go get you a bucket. But like the first, second and third option is to kind of generate easy buckets for himself using his immense speed. Uh, ability as a cutter being a play finisher so no i'm not worried about those assists i don't mean to undercut you on your no. own podcast hey but you know i i, chase, I do you like chase down blocks me on my own podcast. i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't mean it but yeah i, I actually i've liked collins play so far this year and I'm, i am I don't have too many gripes about it uh despite the fact that everyone on twitter thinks uh there's the, some grand conspiracy to keep his contract numbers down <laughs>
0: No, look, at the end of the day, look, I, I do like him a lot still. I just I, I just don't like seeing one point nine assists from a starting guard that gets criticized enough for the low number. And it's not his fault, again. But Evan Mobley armages more. No, that cat doesn't matter. I'm happy I'm happy to see Evan Mobley doing what he
1: does. I feel like I'm talking you out of this taking real time, my friend. Hey, no, I'm Come still on. in on it. I'm in on it. Come I'm, on. It. <laughs> don't worry about these other narratives. Just just why just just focus on what actually helps the team win. Is hey, he hurting the team with his playmaking? I say nay.
0: Well, if if his playmaking happens 26 feet or farther, then yes. But if it happens inside the paint, hell no. He was getting to the paint nicely last night. He had some really nice floaters, and I think that he was just consistent. One other thing on him is 74% at the line. He's never been perfect. That is not okay. I want to see him in the 80s, especially as a scoring guard. Guys in the 70s, I mean, other than Dwayne Wade over the course of his career, I can't think of many scoring guards that shot under 80% at the free throw line. I just want him to be a little better. If he does that, he'll shut me up on assists.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll uh, I'll 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 accept it. All right. So now
0: on to our final current Cavs point. And then we're going to talk about your podcast a bit, the chase down. So Cavs are five and four. This is a much more impressive start than last year, given who the Cavs have beaten. All five teams they've beaten were inside the top 20 last year, at, whereas as in, they made the plan or the playoffs. They beat two conference finals runner-ups already. Yes, the Clippers are not the team they were, but it doesn't matter because they have a top MVP candidate and they shut him down pretty much. And look what he's done to these other teams. Make a bold claim about the Cavs right now, whether it's for the rest of the season, about a guy popping off. It could even be for tomorrow's game. again. Actually, no, nope, not for tomorrow's game against Toronto. We're going to close with that, but a bold claim.
1: Barring injuries... I think this team is a 500 team. Um, I, I, maybe I'm being too optimistic. Uh, again, this team's over-under, I think it was 26, 26 and a half. I just, I just look at this team and I see, you know, last year when they kind of came out the gates hot, you saw the reasons it wasn't going to hang. Like they were never going to stay the number one defense in the NBA, right? But when you look at kind of what 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 they're doing this year, like they're right now, they are 12th in offense, or I'm sorry, uh, 12th in defense and 18th in offense. And it's like, that sounds like it could hang, Um, you know, like they haven't been hitting any shots the, the whole season. I mean, uh, even worse than the rest of the league, which is mired in a shooting slump. Um, and, you know, d- defensively, like th- this is a blueprint that's going to be, you know, that they, they, they've got a young team, Zach, and ideally they should be getting better over the course of the season, not worse. So again, like health is the number one asterisk, but I think if they're healthy, I think 41 and 40, 41 is an absolutely reasonable goal. And if you had told me that nine games ago, I would have laughed you out of the building.
0: Absolutely. And the one thing I just want to see from them, it's not really a, a claim or a take, but more of a thought and a want. I want more wins than we got in the 13-14 season because that's the best Cavs team that didn't have LeBron since that last. But they have 34, 33, and they were in the race with the Knicks until I think the Knicks and forget the other team in that in that race for the eight seed. But they were there until about 20 laps, and when they also had a six-game winning streak, which had followed a six-game losing streak, so it kind of got them back on decent footing but that that, that was one, dramatic- one of
1: our dear one of our dear friends david zavak was just talking about that that playoff race and i forget who they he was just telling the story about who they played i think it was the hawks and they just got the doors blown off them <laughs> and it was just like so indicative of like they were in a must-win game near the end of the season and it was like nope not this team well it turns out that spencer
0: hawes had everybody against him because of some political stuff and Lou dang didn't want to be there he started out with andrew bynum you had a rookie that just didn't understand the nba and was having some health issues and some sleeping problems and, and then you had Jarrett jack playing a lot worse than he was supposed to with that contract Jarrett
1: jack remains uh my uh, like it's uh the Jarrett jack phenomenon which i always use to describe when a team signs a free agent who had a great year and the old te- old fan base isn't sad to see them go it's like the number one rut row, row. <laughs> Like, and I, re- I very specifically remember the Cavs dumped a bunch of money at Jared Jack, and every Warriors fan was like, "That's all right, you can have them." <laughs> I was like, "Oh no!" I mean, there's, I
0: mean, the, the Warriors really haven't played Steph next to another point guard since then for a reason. I mean, Sean obviously got a few minutes next to him, but I mean, there's a reason that they didn't draft a point guard number two last year. I mean, could they have? Should they have? Yeah, but this isn't a Warriors podcast. I don't care that much. Lamelo next to Curry would have been a lot of fun, but they already understand you don't need another point guard next to Steph. Well, so
1: I think Lamelo's a little different than Jarrett Jack, but that's, that's its own. he is now. That's its, its own same. conversation.
0: <laughs> that's fair. All right, so a couple of questions for you about the Chase Down. We'll predict tomorrow's game, and then we will get out of here. So real quick, you know, for those that don't know the history, I mean, obviously the Chase Down, the name speaks for itself. But how did you and Justin Rowan start the podcast?
1: Oh well, Justin and I have been doing the Fear the Sword pod for a while, which was uh, not exactly a regular podcast. It was like you know, this is kind of like pre-podcast being super insane, you know, where everyone and their name and their mother had a had a had a network affiliation. Um, So we were just doing it every now and again because we were both registered for Fear the Sword. Then. You know Justin because he's a a Twitter god that you know goes viral every five minutes. Uh, (laughs) Someone uh, from uh, a now defunct podcast network called the Almighty Baller Network. Great, uh, sorry it's gone. Yeah, reached out to Justin and said, "Yo, I'm starting a network. I want to have a Cavs pod because the Cavs were actually good then." Um, And uh, Justin felt like he had the best chemistry with me when we did the Fear the Sword pod together. So he was like, "Yo, I don't want to do this alone. You want to do it with me?" And that was kind of history. And we kind of bounced around. We got picked up by Jade Hoy's, uh then Startup Network, leveraged the chat. Uh, the dude, uh, he ran like the True Hoot Network before that uh, at ESPN. Uh, that kind of just fizzled. And we were independent. And then we picked up uh, with uh, Kevin Jones's Blue Wire, which is doing amazing. Uh, just built themselves a, a studio in at the Wynn in Vegas. Um, uh, and we were working with them until the Cavs reached out to us about uh, you know, mid to late, uh, 2019, uh, or no, uh, mid to late 2020. And then, uh, we, you know, officially joined the team as a, as a, you know, we're still independent contractors. We still own our podcast feed. We still own the name. Um, but we are, you know, hosted by the Cleveland Cavaliers and, uh, you know, and have some advantages that come with that, obviously.
0: Yeah, and so biggest difference with a podcast, if any, since you've gotten picked up by the Cavs, there's more pressure. Do you have more ads? Do you have to use like John Michael, Austin Carr, and RIP Fred McLeod catchphrases every now and then to kind of
1: keep it, keep it Cleveland? No, man. Honestly, I kind of was expecting a little bit of a deal with the devil when uh, we when we signed up. Like, hey, you know, like you know, because they talked a big game about you know we're gonna let you guys be you, be fans, you know, talk your talk. And like, I'm like, yeah, we'll see how it works the first time we're critical, you know? Because <laughs> um, like, I, I know how PR departments work. I, I work in media in my day job. So I kind of know, you know, most of these kind of businesses, they're pretty risk averse, Zach. So, you know, I, 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 you know, took it with a grain of salt and, but they've been really true to their word. Uh, there have been almost no notes. The only notes you've gotten are like NBA rule kind of notes. Like, hey, you know, we're on Cavs.com. You can't say a trade's happened if it's not official yet. You can just you just have to mention it's reported or something like that. You okay. know, whatever it is. It's it's little, little, you know, nitty-gritty details here and there. Um, so no, it's been a wonderful experience, almost no notes, and really just help, you know, giving us access, getting hooking us up with members of the coaching staff to talk to. Uh, they brought us up for the for the home opener to do some live shows and uh, gave us some pretty swanky seats in the process. So no, it's been a dream come true, man. and uh, really, <laughs> like I, I would love to be lying, but no like no, no, no complaints man. Uh, it's it's been awesome.
0: You have a favorite interview specifically. I know you've had you've had all, a lot of the big names. Was there one specifically whether it was one part of the conversation that happened? You're like, wow, I can't believe this is true. I can't believe I'm here again from the source, or maybe just like a one of your favorite players that you were a kid that you got to interview, and you're like, "Wow, this is really happening!" Or, something, I'm
1: something gonna, like I'm, I'm, gonna cheat and just say our City of Champions podcast series we did during the pandemic. Um, Justin and I did a, a seven game series, and the pod is still up as its own kind of individual feed. Uh, Blue Wire helped us produce the absolute uh, crap out of the series with a bunch of audio drops and, uh, in you know just amazing production value. Um and we did a seven game uh, game by game uh breakdown of the 2016 finals. Um, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we 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 called in every favor. We had uh, Sam and Andy from the Light Years Pod, uh, and then we had Ethan Strauss. We had Marcus Thompson. We had Bomani Jones. We had Jason Lloyd. We had Larry Nance Jr. Uh, it was insane. Um, it, it, like we we just had like we just talked to big name after heavy hitter after heavy hitter like we just caught everyone right when they were really bored in an early pandemic when everyone was still on lockdown and we called in just about every favor we had uh to 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 get some really we had and we just had great pods it was just so so very fun to kind of relive those moments and kind of get talk about that larger context with all those names so Cheat answer, but all those guys, City of Champions. If you ever want, if you're ever feeling nostalgic, uh, listeners, go 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 hunt for that that podcast. It has its own feed, uh, and yeah. it's uh, it's something I'm still really really proud of.
0: Yeah, that I something I need to check out. And yeah, everybody, you heard exactly what Carter just said. Check it out. Look it up one more time. Say it out so they know exactly what to look for here at the 31 minute mark of today's episode. <laughs> uh,
1: it's called A City of Champions, and uh, you can just search Chase Down. Uh, podcast and it'll also pop up uh, underneath the the top results so it's it's not too hard to find
0: and actually it's the 35 minute mark that was a lie but that is perfect and we've got one last point to talk about and then we will be saying goodbye all right Carter we got the Toronto Raptors tomorrow I saw the Knicks lose to them at uh, the garden on Monday in a game that was a lot of fun Gary Trent and O Giano basically just told all of New York to keep their mouths closed and watch us. Watch us whip, nay-nay, and dunk all over you. Can we beat the Raptors with Scotty Barnes officially cleared to return considering they just went 2-0 and without him? Now he's back.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they can beat him. Uh, you know, I think it's a tough matchup for them. They are uh, terrors on the offensive boards, and they're terrors uh, forcing turnovers with all that perimeter length, uh, with the exception of our, our, our sweet friend Freddie, Freddie Van Vliet, um, our small boy um but other than that like they are they are just so good in the passing lanes and the Cavs I think are still 30th in defensive rebound rate if i last i checked and among the worst in the league in turnover rate so uh 25th in turnover rate and uh 28th now in defensive rebounding rate so uh they're kind of built in a lab to bother the Cavs uh with that said though if the Cavs are disciplined uh they should be able to really bother this team with all that light there is not much shooting on this roster um right now and if the Cavs are able to play as big as they are without getting shredded in transition it's going to be tough sledding for this Toronto team to score in the half court it always is for them but it's going to be especially tough in this context so it's going to I think it's really going to be a test of how disciplined this Cavs team is this Toronto team is a lot better I think than anyone thought they were going to be especially without Pascal but they they are exploitable there's weaknesses there um, and the Cavs are just going to need to be. It feels like the team most that most requires disciplined play because they really can't beat you if all things are even, like, because they just don't have the shot making.
0: Well, I just want to say this I think that you can't sleep on Svi, whether or not he's starting or coming off the bench. He's been very good so far. And don't let Gary Trent Yeah, he was someone I wanted.
1: 20. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, Svi was someone I had my eyes on for this team. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he's a Raptor and there, there you go. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a great test. I mean, is at home. Uh, I, I don't think the Cavs will be favored for their 10th consecutive game. They have not been favored once yet so far this season. Um, I don't think that's changing in this one. I haven't checked the line, um, but yeah, I think they can win and I think it'll be, it'll be a really fun test. Plus it'll be really fun to see Scotty who I loved free draft. I, I couldn't believe anyone was down on someone who, had the kind of infectious energy he played with and the physical profile and i feel very validated mr weiss that uh that he's as good as he's been
0: and honestly shout out to you he was leading the raptors in scoring when this week began i have to check on that again i haven't had a reason to check Raptors stats for the last Ah, week. don't
1: worry about it if anyone check if anyone facts check check says you're a nerd and i don't <laughs> i don't respect it
0: well anyway let, carter
1: do you have any let else? us cook <laughs>
0: <laughs> any, uh well, with, with Russ on the sidelines, someone else should be allowed to cook. I agree. But do you have any any closing thoughts uh, before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I just hope everyone's having as much fun with this year as I am so far, man. Like, there's gonna be some some uh, some down swings. Uh, it's not gonna stay this fun. Um, so you gotta in, with a young team, you gotta enjoy the highs. Like, I, I can't deal with any of these people tweeting, calling sex and conspiracies or. Or, uh, uh, you know, or talking about where we're going to ship Ricky Rubio or whatever it is. Like, don't like, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, guys. Like, there's going to be plenty of time to complain this season. Uh, And I, I don't really even care if I sound like a company man. Like, again, like this is supposed to be a fun hobby for us. And like, this is, has been a stunning start. No one could have predicted this with this schedule. So have some fun. Shake off the uh, off the tough stuff in the short term and, like, just enjoy this early run for what it's been.
0: Spot on facts. And I'll say that I tweeted the schedule for the road trip after we were 0-2. Everyone's like, this is unfair. NBA stinks. We're about to be 0-8. Well, 5-4, and four, looking good. Big wins out west. And pretty much... Cavs nation is I don't love the new hashtag this year I'm not gonna lie and when I was watching the starting lineup intros yesterday I really didn't enjoy the the let them know and the the tone change that that we really haven't had from a mod before it's just different this year. But I will say let them know as a hashtag on Twitter is great and that's what we're doing so
1: yeah they're letting them know so it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun and also very excited to see those city uh, uniforms and uh, court in action. And
0: 2K just added them in in the last two days. So I need 2K oh, players, oh baby, I haven't played. Them. I have,
1: I haven't played in the last couple of days. That's uh, that's going to be an urgent uh thing for me in and the I'll, in the near yeah. term. And in my and in, in
0: my league now, you can, it updated automatically. You don't have to make a new anything. They're just there. So there, there's your second big thing. I played about two hours ago. But anyway, Carter, it has been a pleasure, and I'm glad we could dice it up talking about the basketball team that connects us from all over the globe.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun, and I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to have me on, man.
0: Yeah, so for Carter Rodriguez, I am Zach Weiss. This has been the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is Thursday, November 4th. We will see you again next week. Until then, Cavs will, in my opinion, I'm sorry to say, will not beat the Raptors, but they will, in fact, win by 10-plus against the Knicks to get the ship right. You heard it here. Oh, I'm
1: fine with that. A good road split. Let's go. Let's go. We'll
0: see you next week.